It's time to get smarter. Hi, everyone. This is Bill Zadites inviting you to join us for the Auto Intel Summit. Our faculty will be arming you and your teams with the knowledge of what's next in auto finance and fintech, venture capital, private equity, digital retailing, recovery, and remarketing. And with an all-new and exciting digital format for 2020, it's easier for your teams to learn more. It's time to get smarter. Visit AutoIntelSummit.com for more information and to register. That's AutoIntelSummit.com. again and welcome back to the auto remarketing podcast i'm your host nick zolovich part of the team at cherokee media group and senior editor at subprime auto finance news and auto fin journal for this episode of the podcast please to welcome paul gibson who is the director of marketing compliance services with compliance point a provider of information security and risk management services paul Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Happy to be here. Well, first and, and foremost, uh, the, the days uh, as they are, uh, how are you and your family and friends feeling nowadays? Oh, you know, we're, uh, we're doing well. We're um, fortunate in these times, all things uh, considered. Um, my wife and I live in, in Denver, Colorado, so uh, we're able to get out to the mountains virtually every weekend and uh and you know it's a good place to go and kind of socially distance while while enjoying some uh some fresh air and some some activities well that 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 all sounds great and and so glad yeah. to hear well uh you and and your colleagues at at compliance points uh recently compiled a uh, a great recap of the uh, Telephone Consumer Protection Act and, and how it can relate to to dealerships. Before we get into some of the details of, of what you all put together, first off, what, what triggered the idea to, to get this project in motion? Yeah, um, good question. So uh, the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, um, also know it's the TCPA, right? Well, I guess we'll refer to it as, as that. Uh, it's a little, little easier to, uh, sure. to say, but uh, it also stands for uh, Total Cash for Plaintiff's Attorneys. That's what we hear a lot. Uh, it, uh, it's a very litigious uh, uh, act and regulation that's out there. Um, you know, last I saw, and it's more anecdotally, but uh, last I saw, it's the, uh, it's the second most litigated act in the country. Um, so we're, and it's something we, we consult on. I, you know, I think we're, we're one of the best, if not the best, that, and I, I don't want to toot our own horn, I guess, but, uh, you know, we're, we're, um, we're helping companies comply with it. It's, it's really uh, the bread and butter of what my division does. And so as part of that, we're, we're always looking out at different, uh, different industries that are being uh, targeted or um, are, are part of heavy litigation in the TCPA lawsuit. And um, the auto industry is certainly one that that's starting to get targeted over the past few years. It's it's no longer kind of just a, a rash of lawsuits here and there. It's a pretty it's a pretty common thing uh, that that we're seeing. So uh, we're finding that the auto industry, uh, auto dealerships are not immune from TCPA lawsuits. Um, there are other industries out there that that have come under some scrutiny from the uh, from the TCPA litigation standpoint, like the alarm 
and home uh, security space, the uh, the cannabis space, the the retail stores, fast food companies texting their their loyalty members, um, and, and and more recently, automotive uh, dealerships, automotive manufacturers, and really a common thing we're seeing, uh, or, or really a common notion, I think that industries have at the beginning of when lawsuits start to occur is that we're not telemarketers. We're not subject to, uh, uh, to the CCPA, uh, because we're not, we're not your traditional telemarketers. And that's just simply not the case. So, um, you know, we're, we're seeing a bubble up in the automotive space. So that's why we decided to put out kind of a playbook of, of how to comply with it. So hopefully, uh, hopefully companies can avoid any sort of litigation. Again, the voice you're hearing is our special guest for this episode of the Auto Remarketing Podcast, Paul Gibson, who is the Director of Marketing Compliance Services with uh, Compliance Points. And Paul, as you as you referenced uh, already, the 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 concept of, of text messaging certainly one of our most popular ways of, of communicating nowadays. But if you could uh, take us a little bit down the road with of some explanation uh, in connection with dealerships, the the key differences uh, between stores sending uh, text messages about developments such as vehicle recalls versus uh, mining that uh, consu- customer database for potential trades or other sales activities, some distinguishing characteristics between each of those. Sure. Um, so like, basically like all companies who send text messages, um, the, the automotive space is, is going to send informational or emergency types of messages, uh, or they're going to send a, a sales type of message. And it's important to know and, and really deem which type of designation you're going to have for a text message that's going to be potentially and likely uh, blasted uh, to a, to an audience, right? We're going to send out um, a, a blast text message saying you've got to come back in for a recall that, that's affecting their imminent safety. Or we're going to uh, send a text message to everyone who bought a car one year ago and let them know that it's time for uh, – Tire maintenance, for example, um, they have different rules. So, if we're going to send an informational message, uh, like a recall, like a uh, something uh, something along the lines of your car is ready to be picked up uh, from service, something it, it, we're not trying to sell anything on these messages. The end goal is not to get the customer in the store to sell them something. We can send those messages. We're allowed to, but we just need to have a relationship with the customer, meaning that they've provided their cell, <clears throat> their cell phone to the dealership at some point in time. Um, now, if they have said to stop texting them, then even if it's going to be for informational purposes, we, we have to honor that. And, and if you think about it from perhaps we're, we're contacting the wrong person uh, or the number has, has changed hands, hands uh, or owners, which, by the way, that happens. 100,000 times a day, uh, cell phones being ported from landlines to cell phones and different owners, um, then that's okay to do. But really, if we're wanting to send a text message for sales purposes, we've got to have what's called express written consent. And that's a, that's a very uh, affirmative and clear disclosure 
from the customer saying they agree to be marketed to. So some common ones for those would be, um, or, or I guess one that may be, may be obvious would be, hey, we've got a great 4th of July sale coming up. But some uncommon ones where we see in the automotive industry that they're not deeming as telemarketing or sales, but they are, in fact, sales, are things like oil changes, tire maintenance, freight ends. Uh, I mean, the ultimate goal is to get the customer in the door to sell them a service or to sell them a car. Uh, and so, again, we've got to have a very explicit consent on file from the customer that says, yeah, it's okay to text me for these reasons. Again, our, our guest is Paul Gibson, the Director of Marketing Compliance Services with Compliance Point uh, here on the Auto Remarketing Podcast, discussing uh, communication with dealerships and, and their customers and maintaining uh, all of that dialogue in a, in a compliant way. And, and Paul, along with uh, text messaging, uh, of course, another uh, popular and, and effective tool that dealerships can use is is email. That's uh, that certainly can get uh, complicated too uh, with regulations such as the the Can Spam Act and and other um, measures that are that are in place. Uh, what are what are you and your team? What are what are some 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 general recommendations that that your for, firm is suggesting to uh, address that potential dealer communication when when they use email? Yeah, the um, the Can Spam Act is, is really what governs the sending of marketing emails. So if we're wanting to send send out a blast to our customer base that says we've got a sale coming up, um, or whatever whatever the case may be, uh, we do have to follow the Can Spam Act. Now, luckily, the the email environment is a lot less litigious than the the, the calls, the text, the pre recorded messages. Um, and in, in the reason behind that is because it's just a lot less invasive. Causing someone's phone to ring from a, for a text or a call. Uh, I mean, obviously we've got emails on phone now. So, you know, I guess with technology, we're, we're you know, maybe the same amount of intrusiveness, but historically it wasn't, right? Like it went to a computer. And so for that reason, there really just wasn't a whole lot of litigation around it. And that's still the same case for today. There's not much litigation around uh, the can spam act and sending marketing emails because people can just simply unsubscribe. Uh, so with that, um, the main thing to consider and the main thing that we help our clients with, with regards to complying with the can spam act is just managing those opt outs, right? So if, if, if you send a, a message to somebody, then they, click unsubscribe, reply unsubscribe, whatever the instructions is that's required to be within that email to tell them how to unsubscribe, we've got to honor that. And so an effective way that we've seen companies not only manage opt-outs but reduce opt-outs is what's called opting down. So allowing the customer to to not just have uh, this mechanism that says, hey, stop all messages, Instead, allow them to pick the type of messages that they want. So perhaps they don't want sales, but they want, um, but they want to know every three months if they need an oil change or every six months when they need a tire rotation. Uh, they only want to hear about certain things. We're at least maintaining that relationship with the customer. So we're allowing them to, to select their preferences instead of just this universal opt-out um, 
which again, it, it's going to be it, it, an opt-out mechanism is required within the Can Spam Act when sending these marketing messages. But um, you know, it, it's a lot of our clients are switching to, or not switching to, but really incorporating the text messages in addition to emails because they just got such a, uh, a higher open rate and response rate compared to emails. Closing moments here with Paul Gibson, who is the Director of Marketing Compliance Services with Compliance Points, a provider of information security and risk management services. And, and, and Paul, to, to, to wrap up our, our, our conversation, as, as, as you've mentioned, the, the litigation and the, the other acronym that TCPA can, can stand for. Uh, just again, how significant can the, the penalties and costs and and just overall stress be for, for dealerships uh, with in connection with potential uh, misuse or misdeeds with with messaging, uh, texting, any other communication that they might have with their with their customer base. Well, the the penalties can be very significant, uh, oftentimes in the millions. Um, the average TCPA settlement just across the board is six point six million. Um, I, I saw that, that last year there were two dealerships in, in the state of Florida alone that had to settle for $5 million apiece, uh, and we're talking about just a single dealership. Um, so it's it, it virtually always in the millions, and, and it, can, it can go up from there. Um, and that doesn't, you know, that doesn't take into account legal fees that it takes to, to battle and ultimately get to the settlement. Um, and then, you know, uh, just public re- reputation damage, you know, you don't, you don't want to be in the news for the wrong reasons. Um, so the, the penalties are significant and kind of just reiterate the fact that the, the auto industry is not immune. If, if your audience were to go to Google and just type in car dealership TCPA settlement, you'll, you'll see just pages and pages of, um, of, of either law firms or open class actions or, or settlements that that are just over the past couple of years. So um, again, the significant penalties, uh, public reputation, the cost to defend yourself—it just it just all adds up. That's Paul Gibson, director of marketing compliance services with Compliance Points. Uh, Paul, thank you for joining us here on the Auto Remarketing Podcast to to certainly. Uh, to d- discuss certainly a, an important uh, topic uh, facing dealerships today. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks, Nick, and uh, thanks for having me. And if you've missed any of our past episodes of the podcast, you can just go to our website at autoremarketing.com and click on the podcast box to find our library of past episodes. For my fellow hosts, Bill Zedites and Joe Overby, as well as our executive producer, Matt Rice. I'm Nick Zulovich. We thank you for joining us, and we look forward to having you again next time on the Auto Remarketing Podcast.